Dad! Tony's lying. Lying? I wasn't going to go, but Dad let me. And I was happy because I wasn't sneaking off and lying to you. And if I can't tell you what I want now, then I'll never be happy whatever I do. And that's from Bend It Like Beckham, one of those poignant moments. It's a, it's a great uh, movie, by the way. But one of those poignant moments when you realize, I can't go through life lying to the people who I'm closest to. Otherwise, the whole relationship ends up being a lie. And that doesn't mean you have to tell your deepest fantasies to the people around you. Some of the things are none of their business. But if you go on lying and you're in these are in important relationships with a husband, a wife, or your kids, or with a um, with your parents, as in this case. You you don't have a genuine relationship. You rob yourself of that, and you're living a double life. The, the problem of the of a lie is you have double bookkeeping. But even if you didn't have double bookkeeping, what does it say about you that you're afraid to say how you genuinely feel and pursue your own? Uh, hopefully rational values. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. My show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. I'm a clinical psychologist here to take your calls and questions on anything that's on your mind, from kids to romantic partners to questions about yourself to questions about friends and how to deal with them. Pick up the phone and give me a call. Toll free, one eight seven seven drkenner And I'm welcoming Matt to the line. Matt, you have a question about thinking or telling Tell me what your question is. Yeah, hi, Ellen. This is uh, my name is Matt, and I really appreciate you taking my call. Oh, thank you. And I'm super excited about it. Okay, so um, why do you always tell people that it's so important to try to analyze your own thoughts to understand why you think certain thoughts and you feel certain feelings? Okay. Why can't you just do, or why can't I just do what I think is correct without so much analysis? Okay. Well, on some level, on some level you don't want to become obsessive compulsive about analyzing anything. If you want let's say a certain flavor ice cream, you don't have to sit and analyze it. It's very low level choice making. Mm-hmm. And in cases like that, you're right. You don't need to sit and analyze it. You can just go by your feelings, assuming that Oh, in my day and age, we had spaghetti ice cream, and we still have bubble gum around, I think. But we had odd flavors, a little store where I grew up. But that's a very low level. What about bigger choices that you have to make? Some of the bigger choices would be what, Matt? Well, I mean, I can think of right now a uh, career. I'm, I'm actually just coming through a divorce, and I'm considering changing careers. And so I've, I'm, I've got this whole new opportunity to investigate my entire life and I was just trying to confirm like getting down to the root of things you know uh, of why I think the things that I do and, and why they're why they are what they are you know and coming out of a big relationship you want I investigate about everything I'm doing so okay so if if you want to say oh my god what went wrong what did i what role did i play in the breakup of this marriage what role did my wife how did my wife contribute and what did what could we have done differently did we just grow apart which some people do or is it that we have patterns that we're going to carry into our next relationships and if you have patterns that you'll carry into your next relationships, coping strategies that are not good, for example, maybe you yell when you get stressed, or maybe you withdraw and become sullen and quiet and won't talk, 
and nothing can get resolved that way. Or maybe you just cross your arms and take the moral high ground and roll your eyes and look at your wife with contempt or your ex now. You know, those are not good coping strategies in cognitive therapy. They're called coping strategies. And you want to, if you understand what goes wrong, then you have an opportunity to do what, Matt? Make changes, I would say. Yeah, phenomenal, right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think I would, that's what I would say. Right. And I was a person, I know that one of my coping strategies throughout my life since I was a little girl was if I felt stress, I would withdraw. That was mine. And I had others mm-hmm. too. You know, I could yell at times too. But mostly I wasn't a yeller. I was a withdrawer. So now, because I know that, you know, and, and I've done so much introspection, and I know that doesn't lead to a good place, I can coach myself. I can say to myself, Ellen, you know what? I can see that you're doing it again. You've you felt upset with this person and you're not speaking up and you're just withdrawing. What's what would what could be an alternative way of handling this situation? I deal with myself very gently. I don't say, "Oh, here you go again, you idiot, Ellen. You're you're withdrawing. Now what? You know, you're never going to change a jerk." If you deal with your own change process with a whip, beating yourself up, you're not going to like changing. But what the alter the alternative is to just know that there are, that there's a wealth of self-discovery. It's a treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. And if you find something you love that you do, highlight that. Be aware of it. Say that again. If Say you that again, if sir. you have a good coping strategy, something you do that you love, underscore it, highlight it. So introspection doesn't just mean looking for negative stuff. It means also looking for what you do well. And underscoring that, is there something that you did well that you're proud of, a way that you coped with the divorce or the new career direction, either one of those? Mm -hmm. Can you... Is is there something? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I would say that I'm much more, I'm excited to speak my mind. I'm excited to to share my opinions. I I could probably work on being a little more tactful. Okay. That might be important. Yeah. I just can't say enough about how important it is just to have the freedom to speak my own mind and, and, and not really, not, not not care, but just be like, this is important and this is what I need to tell you this or I need to say this for myself. It's critical. Right. And, you know, people who have done that with even their parents, I mean, this is dangerous territory here because I wouldn't do this in all cases, but they've been able to say, Mom, you know, when I was younger, I felt afraid of you, and I'm glad we're able to talk now. And it was tough growing up. And the mom, if she's honest, will say, oh, I know, I'm so sorry for what I did. And you'd have a really, you would grow so much closer. Now, the mother might say, well, you deserved it. You were a big brat. And then, you know, to that type of a mother, you might not say something like that. But that ability to speak openly, or I'm feeling hurt. Um, I I heard you make a comment, and it felt like a put down. I don't know if you meant it that way, but I'm feeling hurt. Help me understand you better. Now, th- that's a sample of assert of being very assertive. And so the gift that one of another, uh, there are many subcategories of gifts in terms of understanding how your own mind works. One is to be good to yourself. Don't beat up on yourself. Look at it as an opportunity to grow and learn and uh, just 
to know your own mind and the world better. Another another point is um, to focus on positives. That's another thing that I mentioned. And another thing, it, it, when you learn how to introspect, uh, you're also not a mystery to yourself in terms of emotions. Okay. I mean, is there any quick pointers? I know we have to wrap up okay. on a time limit. Yeah. But, um, what What is it about introspection? What are the what, what are some of the essentials of introspection I could take away from this call? I would I would learn cognitive therapy skills. I would learn that that if I have the emotion of sadness, I immediately in my mind said, "Okay, Ellen, where's the loss?" If I'm crying, I say, "I know it's a big loss that I'm after." Is it my self esteem? Am I feeling real sad that I'm unhappy with myself or is it with a friend? Did they hurt me and I'm feeling the hurt? If I feel angry, I know it's I'm dealing with unfairness. If I feel guilty, I know I violated my own standards. If I feel anxious, I know I'm dealing with uncertainty or self-doubt. So cognitive therapy teaches you how to take the main categories of emotions and rapidly be able to know what the theme is behind them, loss, unfairness. And so then you can say, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Is it based on fact or not? And the book that I would highly, highly recommend is Mind Over Mood. It's a cognitive therapy book. And it's at my website, drkenner.com. I need to feel important. Instead, I'm living in the shadows of her life. Her family and friends are everything. I feel invisible. I thought my husband's love would be enough to help him get over my affairs. Why can't he just forgive and forget? What does he think he is? Perfect? He's so selfish. How many lose themselves in a romantic relationship, feeling unimportant, taken for granted? Or perhaps they lie or cheat and think their partner should forgive and forget. I am Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist and co-author with Dr. Edwin Locke of the Romance Guidebook, The Selfish Path to Romance. Provocative title? I know. By selfish, we mean the self-valuing, self nurturing way to romance. You never want to lose yourself in a relationship. You want to create a win-win partnership to value your own and each other's goals and dreams. Discovering how to be true to yourself in a romantic partnership is learnable and key to romantic happiness. Check out our book with its daring title, The Selfish Path to Romance, at Amazon or SelfishRomance.com.